Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings a wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to Not Just Blowing Smoke, coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio headquarters here in Londonderry, New Hampshire, right in the 724 Lounge. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube. If you're listening after the fact on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever else you might have gotten this podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing. I am Pastor Padrone. I'm your host for the show, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Pat and Dave. We have Debris yeah. from the 724 Lounge with us tonight. And for tonight's cigar, we are smoking this, this wonderful piggy-looking thing. It is from Foundation Cigar Company. It's the Eloense Mocha Raton. And uh, there's a, some stuff I got from their website uh, on the cigar. Let me read that to you. For 500 years, Nicaragua has served as a crossroads of cultures ever since the indigenous inhabitants mocked arriving Spanish conquistadors in a colorful costume satirical masterpiece called Eloense. Through this, Eloense celebrates the rich history of Nicaragua. Beneath the leaf, you will find a Nicaraguan puro that showcases what Nick has learned over a lifelong career in tobacco. The brand represents the cultural wealth and history of Nicaragua and, and quality of its tobacco. The Eloense core line is made with a Corojo wrapper and uh, binder and all Nicaraguan filler. And it's a medium bodied uh, cigar. This, the Mocha Raton, is kind of a reblending of that cigar and a reimagining of that blend. It is a Corojo wrapper, a Mexican San Andreas binder, and Nicaraguan filler. And there's a, more Lajero in this than there is in the regular core line uh, Eloense. Uh, it is a figurato. It's four and three quarters by 60 at its fattest part. And um, Pat, what are we uh, going to be drinking with this tonight? What's our pairing? Good old Irish coffee. Mm. The, uh, the traditional way meaning just two ounces of Irish whiskey and no cream liqueur. Oh, that is so good. That yeah, I think so that good. the when you don't put Baileys or any cream inside of it, I think you kind of get a lot more out of it. You know, you get like the earthy notes, that nice like kind of espresso bitterness. The um, whiskey actually can come alive a little bit more. It's not kind of like watered down the cream. Mm -hmm. And then with this cigar, it's really creamy to me. So... You kind of get your cream from the cigar for the coffee. Mm -hmm. Did we do standard DOS Jameson for? For your mic, it, it's useful if the mic's actually pulled down. <laughs> um, did we do standard Jameson for this Irish coffee? Yep, we just the line Jamo. Nice. Mm -hmm. 
So it's going to take a few minutes to get into the cigar. Um, and it's going to open up a lot because it's got that little nipple at the at the foot of the cigar. But uh, what are we what are we picking up so far? Are you able to taste anything, Pat? Pat's got a little uh, wee cold tonight, so he's all worried that he's not going to be able to say anything. But uh, I told him that uh, he always has something to say. Yeah, so I mean, the retro is kind of tough to do just because it irritates my throat. But, you know, right off the bat, the like I kind of mentioned earlier with the pairing, you get that really kind of creaminess right up front. And then it's followed by like a nice cedar note. There's a lot of pepper. Mm-hmm. Like if you retro this cigar, it's going to clear your nose. Like it's clearing mine up right now. It's <laughs> it's kind of a mix too. It's like on the retro itself, it's kind of like a, a Cajun pepper, like kind of like an earthy kind of red pepper. Mm-hmm. And then like on the finish, you get kind of like a refined kind of white pepper that kind of lingers on the back of the throat. And then you kind of get like a... Come back to me. There's something else there too. I just got to... It's got a really nice creamy finish that I really like. Mm. Yeah, it's it's like a creamy cedar. Creamy cedary finish, yeah. Bree, what about you? What are you picking up? You're looking all like your your eyes are going everywhere. Yeah, I'm kind of pensive with this one. Um, it's it's definitely not what I expected. I think I also expected that um, bold black pepper off the front, Mm -hmm. but it started out um, very smooth. I'm also getting that creaminess, but now as I'm getting like five or six puffs in, there is like a light pepper that is slowly building, and it's um I think I kind of like that. I'm I'm used to getting that initial rush of spice right off the bat. Right. But this is um this is a very buildable cigar. So so far the yeah. experience is um it started out mild. It's one of the great things about Figurados is that the the profile of the uh, recipe changes as you go further up and further down the the ring gauge and there is kind of like a espresso bitterness to it as well mm-hmm. i think that's kind of i thought it was kind of like a clove because it's kind of like this kind of neutral kind of flavor mm-hmm. but it's yeah, definitely no, it's like not, an espresso mm-hmm. yeah more of an espresso the espresso than a clove kind of spice and random question too because i'm noticing the band says um macho raton mm-hmm. is it and i like is it supposed to be mocha raton is that kind of like a play on words there or no ma- well mako raton okay so it is mako yeah at least yeah. that's how uh I know it was it's a it's like... a different name for wise man as far as the story goes so there's the elwense and then there's the mako raton which are like the same person but uh, described differently in the story yeah, yeah. I'd like to hear the story. <laughs> no, it's very interesting. And this, this is also the the wrapper is the Corojo ninety nine. Yes. Right, and in the Wise Man, it's the San Andreas because they're reversed. Isn't Correct. It? Yeah, I Correct. thought that was like you know, I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how much different it tastes. What are you picking up, Dave? A lot of pepper, um, in that. Uh, creamy cedar mm-hmm. and espresso that's pretty much uh, what i got right now yeah i think it goes fantastic with the irish coffee i think the coffee's i'm waiting until it opens up to do the coffee really doing well with the um uh, san andreas binder which has those kind of coffee cocoa notes in there and um the jameson just kind of i think ramps up the spice 
on the cigar. I think it helps increase the, the pepper, especially in the retrohale. The Corojo 99 comes from Aganosa, right? I believe it does. Yes, the whole the, yeah, the it's cigar all, was it's totally all, all made in Aganosa factory. Yep. Mm. Which means, it used to be called something else, I forget, but now it's called the Aganosa factory. Right. Um, so, one of the things that I think is really interesting here is you've got both this and the, the wise man, which is the Maduro version of this, with, you know, we've already said a Maduro San Andreas on top instead of, instead of the Corojo wrapper here. Um, and I honestly think that this, what you would call the natural version of the mm -hmm. cigar, is the stronger, stronger of the one, two. Yeah. I think it's the stronger of the two. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, when we you think Maduro, you think that you're going to get a stronger cigar. And I think this is a great um, example that that's not always the case. case yep. You know what I mean? There's a couple of cigars like that. Not many, though. There's a couple. Like? Uh, the uh, La Flor Dominicana Diggers. Mm -hmm. I think the, the Maduro is the lighter of the two. You know, as, I far think as, the, strength goes. as far as strength goes. You know, I think yeah. that, that Maduro wrapper really tones down the double the hero, and mm -hmm. the natural wrapper just kind of, like, lets it live free, you know. What do you think of that, Pat? Yeah, I mean, I kind of give this lecture... Pretty often in the humidor, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, there's a huge misconception with like the darker the cigar is, the heavier it's going to be, the more nicotine there's going to be, the stronger it's going to be. And if you just look at kind of like the the makeup of a cigar, and I'll just take, I'll use Padron as an example because I'm sure most people recognize Padron. And the main difference, or the only difference for the most part. That they tell us from the naturals and maduros is just the maduro the wrapper has been go undergoes a third fermentation which kind of brings out that kind of dark hue in the wrapper the right. sugar is crystallized in the wrapper to get it that kind of dark maduro color and that itself doesn't make the cigar stronger it makes it a lot more richer so you get like those kind of darker notes like that's where the right. cocoa comes in that's where that sweetness comes in well, well, as far sometimes as leather. as far as strength goes, too, the Maduro process takes away the nicotine. It doesn't amp it up. Yeah, right. if anything, yeah. It, it refines it more. Yeah. So I think commonly the what happens would be when you have like a richer wrapper and like kind of like that darker hue, you can kind of put stronger filler tobacco in the cigar because now the body of it that's increased from that Maduro wrapper can kind of combat those stronger fillers mm -hmm. so again they don't tell us every specific leaf that's used in the macaratone here but i would assume unless dan knows more than i do that they probably put more lajero in this because i, I don't know because it's clearly stronger than the they the put, other traditional what lines i'm told is that they, they put more lajero in it to to compensate for the larger ring gauge since yeah. it gets to a 60 they they felt like it needed to really be ramped up so that it can you can support the kind of odd shape that this is and what's really interesting to me is that the Coraline Eloense I think it's good mm -hmm. I, think it's, I think it's a good cigar um, but the ramped up version of this I love 
I, I, and I wish that they would ramp up. I, I almost think that the Coraline Eloense is just a little too tame. You know what I mean? It doesn't, this stands out among other cigars of similar blends, whereas the Eloense is a solid cigar. But, you know, I have it, I'll enjoy it, but I don't necessarily think about going back to it. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, this is, this is the fourth or fifth one of this I've had. And, um, you know, it's those same profile, it's, it's those same flavors, but that extra ramping up. Uh, and, and here's another example, too, of normally, you know, my thought is the smaller the ring gauge, the more I'm probably going to like the flavors because everything's intensified. There are uh, several exceptions to that, of which this is the one. The um, Espaso of the uh, Monte Cristo uh, 1935 anniversary cigar. Mm -hmm. There's another example, I think, of the larger ring gauge actually improves uh, your understanding of the blend of the cigar. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite um, vengeance from Christophe is the, the Perfecto, Perfecto. Yep. which you know gets to be like a 60 in the center, too. So, you know, the, there are examples of... of um, cigars where that larger ring gauge actually helps you appreciate the tobacco a little bit more than the, the smaller ring gauges and to kind of drive my point home too with that misconception is you know agonorsa the um the lunatics mm -hmm. we had an event a year ago and you know like the binder and filler and the, and the lunatics are the same right so what they did is they gave us fumas of the criollo 98 that's in the filler and then the binder as well and I remember I was smoking through the Fumas, and I retrohaled the Criollo 98, and it completely blew my nose up. It was <laughs> it was really strong. But again, when you smoke a, a Lunatic, it has that really like full-bodied spice and like that like kind of like a little bit of vitamin N in there. It's it's more than your typical cigar. And again, that filler tobacco is what causes that oomph to it. You know, it's not that dark wrapper; it's that filler tobacco. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, kind of, you know, rounding out the conversation here, Maduro just means ripe, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, you know, just like, you know, when you're, you got your bananas at home and you let them sit and they get the black spots on them and when you, they have, when it's, you got some but not too many, you know the banana's getting really sweet on the inside and it's the same with the, with the tobacco and when the leaf gets dark like that, it means a lot of the leaf has converted over to sugar and that's what the dark is is that you're that you're seeing on the cigar and like dave pointed out that process cuts down on the nicotine mm -hmm. so uh just because a cigar has a dark wrapper on it doesn't mean it's going to be super strong the wrapper tends to give the most flavor it's the the largest portion of the flavor you get from a cigar maybe 60 sometimes 70 percent of the total flavor profile you get is from the wrapper but the strength of the cigar i.e how much nicotine is in there you know that comes from what's inside the cigar more than the wrapper itself mm -hmm. so it's it's more the the how is this cigar kind of been spiced where the the strength comes from right Whereas the body and intensity of the flavor comes from the wrapper. That's the difference between strength and body. So when somebody asks for a mild cigar, 
you know, typically, you know, what you're, you know, we, we kind of have to clarify, you know, what are they talking? Are they talking mild in flavor or are they talking mild in strength? Because, mm -hmm. you know, they're not necessarily, you can get a mild cigar, a mild to medium cigar that has some real strength to it. You know, Opus is one of those things where, you know, there's, there tends to be a lot of um, nicotine in, in those, especially the smaller cigars. I, it was a couple of weeks ago, I think I shared about having an, an Opus number four, and it nearly knocked me on my butt. And it was this, this little Corona cigar, mm -hmm. you know, but I can have this real big, black, heavy, you know, full body tasting, you know, um, you know, well, Vengeance Perfecto, and I can smoke back to back to back to back to back to back and not have anything happen to me. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's kind of a lot of crossover when you look at like, um, like different spirits too, because you mm. think of, um, you look at even tequila, you look yeah. at like an Añejo and everyone assumes, oh, that's a darker tequila. It must be more potent, but really it's more refined because of that aging. You know, people are misled by the color. So I find that contrast between cigars and mm. spirits kind of fascinating because it's the same that's exact good, concept. That's a good point too, because yeah. uh, the guys at the lounge and hook set today, they brought in, one of them brought in tequila and it was clear. And it, but it was wicked strong. That stuff will kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> that leads to an interesting thing that you and I were talking about before the show, Pat, that sometimes people will ask for a mild to medium bodied cigar and will suggest something that looks really dark. And the person goes, No, 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 I'm talking a light cigar. Don't give me that full bodied stuff. How do you, how do you deal with it when when you're dealing with customers who have that conception that the the darker the wrapper or you know the the darker the spirit the stronger it's going to be how how do you help people get over that it's one of those situations where it's an where, educational moment <laughs> yeah like that that's where i solely rely on like the tobacco university stuff that i learned because you can kind of because i mean two approaches one approach is you know darker doesn't mean it's stronger you know what i mean but then mm. someone that's concerned or maybe had a bad experience with a cigar and got sick once that's not enough for them right so i think being able to explain to them like the process that creates that wrapper really helps because like for instance like my example i use often is the ashton line you know like yep. someone wants a mild cigar and then they say you know i'm gonna drink a some kind of a bourbon or a whiskey or you know like a heavier spirit but they don't want a strong cigar because they can't stomach it, you know. So I'll go to the Ashton line and I'll, I'll grab an Ashton Maduro. And then they look and then the Ashton Maduro is a pretty, it's like a Colorado Claro. It's like a very dark wrapper. And then I'll suggest that to them. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then I'm like, and then they, they look at the one above it on the shelf down there, which is the classic, just mm -hmm. the, you know, true Connecticut. And they're like, that looks more like, you know, the shade that I go for. And then being able to just explain how it's the same wrapper once it goes through like third fermentation and you know all those bells and whistles. Now they trust me, and next thing you know they're enjoying it. And then that's actually that the Maduro is more mild than the class, the yeah. regular classic because there's yeah. less nicotine because of the process. You know, right? Yeah. It's almost like people are almost you know conditioned <laughs> by by coffee. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the more cream and stuff you put in it, the the lighter it is, the sweeter it is, the less bitter it is, 
the less cream that's in there, the more, you know, intense the flavors are going to be. And, uh, you, you know, I, I remember, you know, when I started drinking coffee, I couldn't imagine ever drinking it black, you know. And um, I, the first coffee I ever had was a, a white chocolate mocha from Starbucks. Mm, my favorite. You know, and... <laughs> I, I got addicted to those things, and, and the guy, I, w I was working at a cigar shop at the time, and the, mm -hmm. one of my co-workers uh, had a part-time job as, as a manager at Starbucks, so he would bring me the coffee when he came into work. He got me hooked on these things, and then when I, uh, you know, I was living in New Jersey at the time, my family's up here in, in uh, Massachusetts, I'd go home and, oh, look, there's a Starbucks over there off the highway. So I'd go and then realize it was the most expensive coffee that they make. I could, he totally, totally got me hooked. Um, but then he started, you know, weaning me off that. He, he'd bring me a, uh, 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 mocha coffee and then, you know, just, a and slowly he would, you know, got to the point where I was drinking black. And now that I've gotten to that point, it's very hard for me to have a white chocolate mocha is so sweet to me now. I can't really drink it. Mm. You know, every once in a while, when you got a sweet tooth moment, it's great, but it's so rich and, and it, one is enough. You know well, what I mean? That's kind of interesting too. When you think about it, like when you compare coffee, to cigars to spirits, because when you look at it in every single process, it all comes down to the baseline. So, mm. you know, you can have a white chocolate mocha and you can have it with three extra espresso shots and it's going to kick your butt with caffeine just as much. But the only reason it's perceived as, you know, sweet or light is because you add that extra step of putting in the cream and the sugar. Yeah. But at the baseline, it's still like what it is. So right, you have your right. spirit. If you have a Blanco tequila, you know, at the baseline, it is what it is. It just has had less additives to it. It's had less mm. time to age. If you take a coffee, it's still straight espresso. It's just you're adding that cream. If you take mm -hmm. a cigar, again, you know, like Pat was saying, you have mm -hmm. the binder, the filler, you have all those components, but then the color of the wrapper is more so, you know, just the after effect. Plus, like, light roast coffee has more caffeine than mm -hmm. dark roast. Mm. You know, it's like the same kind of thing. But, I mean, back just to drive my original point home, you know, I, I think a good kind of guideline if you're just, you know, shopping online or something is darker could be stronger because, again, like that richer wrapper allows the blender to kind of play with more stronger tobaccos but again that's the benefit of going to a b&m with yep. an educated tobacconist because we know what richer cigars aren't going to have that like more heavy nicotine side right. so we can get you on something that's going to be richer without knocking you down so it just goes to the benefit of having an experienced mm -hmm. tobacconist working with you opposed to going on a wholesaler and basing it off of like those little paragraph summaries that they have like you know what i mean <laughs> like the very little, subjective summaries. The mild to strong graph yeah. that they have you know yeah yeah you know and uh you know I, I, one of the things i love about twins is that you know kurt the owner really wants us to be educated tobacconists you know he's not looking for people down there to just ring the register um he wants people who know the product, who understand how it's made, who understand how to care for it, and who really appreciate it because then you can help people make really educated choices. Um, you know, like Pat said, you know, there's 
you know, it's there's certainly a reason why people think darker cigars are stronger. There are a lot of darker cigars that are stronger for the reasons that Pat said, because those richer, darker flavors of the the wrapper, even though the wrapper has less nicotine in it, you can add stronger stuff into the uh, binder and fillers to make up for that. Um, but it's not always the case. It's It's a general thing, but not all the time. And so you need to be able to uh, talk with people who can walk you through that and show you the examples that uh, you don't necessarily have to have a Maduro that's going to kick your butt. The, the Ashton Maduro is a great example of what really is a mild to medium cigar and has, you know, a very almost jet black wrapper to it. You look at it and you're like, ugh. But you smoke it, and it's it's very creamy. It's got some nice cocoa notes to it. It's really it's a, it's a medium at best, right? Yeah, I would say mild to mild plus. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't even you know it, I don't even, it, it, but it fools you by how it looks, and you know I've been fortunate that the three shops that I have worked in. Um, have all been shops that prided themselves on educating the people that they were at. Now, I've been at shops and I've, you know, uh, hung around places where that's not the case. And, you know, it's one of the things that makes that makes twins stand out is that they take the time to really train everybody downstairs about, um, you know, what's on the shelf and to really know the product we're kind of the exception you know not the rule and that's that's unfortunate because you get people who get bad advice bad recommendations it jades them it colors their perceptions um you know there's there's uh misinformation of course all over the internet too i want to talk a little bit more about that later on in the show but um uh you know how do you you know as a tobacconist how, how do you help people get over that hump of not necessarily trusting you um and you can talk about that as a bartender too it's a, the same the same the same Especially thing applies yeah. you know um i mean you you know when i when i came here you know when I, looking at the bar i'm like a deer in the headlights you know looking at <laughs> 140 different kinds of whiskey scotches bourbons i have no freaking idea you know i'm a cigar guy i, I so Bree says, "Hey Dan, what do you want to drink?" I have no idea. One of each of everything, <laughs> you know. But you know, so she'll get me stuff, have me try it. I'll tell her what I like, what I don't like, and you know, she, you know, helps me through that process. You, you need somebody like that to help you appreciate um, the cigars that are available to you. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like where that subjectivity is important too, because I feel like we all have that disclaimer moment where we're like. Just so you know, this is my palette. This is what I like. This is why I like it. But you might have a completely different palette, and that's okay. So, mm -hmm. you know, I like this is my palette. If you relate to that, then I can recommend something. And if you have a different palette, then I can suggest something that's more akin to that. So I, I feel like that's something that kind of comes up, uh, probably for you guys downstairs too, mm -hmm. but especially upstairs, uh, which like Pat kind of talks a lot about too. Pat's mentioned that in the past. Those moments where. Um, you know, you have something that you swear by. You're like, this is 
the cigar it's the best cigar and i love it but you know that it's not going to really be for everyone and i feel mm -hmm. like that's kind of what that experience comes down to yeah i mean the secret of it too is like having the knowledge to kind of back up being as objective as possible like mm -hmm. you know th there's people that come down that ask me what i like and they kind of want to try something you know like for instance like the, the casual like you walk in, oh, what are you smoking? Oh, I'll go get one of those. Like, you know, you didn't really have to sell it to them because I'm smoking it, so it must be good, right? Like, that's the thought process. But, you know, there is times I get customers. With Pat, that's probably true. <laughs> but there is times where customers have come downstairs and it's, you know, a new customer that I haven't worked with yet. And especially being young, you know, like everyone else, like, you know, someone like Dan's next to me, everyone thinks I'm like a baby, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, everyone just kind of correlates me with I'm young, I, you know, I haven't smoked cigars too long, you know, I've been a bit over two years now. But since I've kind of researched on my own and I have the certifications I do, when I talk to someone like that, you know, they'd be like, well, what do you like then, you know, kid? It's like, well, I, I like this, this, and this. <laughs> They go, I don't like that. And then I'm like, well, what do you like? And they'll give me their notes. And then I just make it as objective as possible. You know, based on what you told me, this cigar here has, you know, like this component, you know, it's a true Connecticut. It's going to be creamy. You know, it has fillers from, you can just say like Honduras. So it has kind of a primarily earthy kind of terrier note to it. So you can kind of get as objective as possible, even though it's not like my specific tasting notes, like each region of tobacco has a certain fundamental flavor profile. So you can just mm. point them in different directions and then, because you're not being biased towards it, they kind of take your word for it because, you know, clearly this kid knows what he's talking about if he's, or he's really good at lying. So I'll try it anyway, <laughs> you know, so. Have you ever really had a trouble with, with people accepting your ad advice or, or recommendations because of your age? I've definitely had. Yes, he's 21 people. 24. <laughs> but uh, I've had some scenarios where, you know, someone will walk in and you know i'm like you need any help sir and they're like nope i'm like all right and then they'll walk around for like you know 15 minutes and i reapproach them and i'm like you know do you need help finding anything then they say no and then i kind of like try to engage a little bit more and i'm like it's just this happened you know probably only two times and then i, I kind of see you know a couple of cigars that they have in their hand and i see kind of what section they're going for and i was kind of small talking like oh so you like pradermal champagnes and I'm like, that's, that's a really good Ecuadorian Connecticut. He's like, what do you know about cigars? I'm like, <laughs> and then at that point, I'm like, you know, like, well. Oh, I just work here. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, I just told him, like, well, based on what you smoke, I'm going to say you probably like X, Y, and Z. And they're like, have you had this cigar before? And I'm like, well, you know, not only do I get a sample every time I see the crap come in, but <laughs> um, I'm like, yeah, you know, I've had this cigar. And, you know, some people just don't even you know, it's almost like, you know, I've talked to Bobby too, for instance, like being a, you know, a female in the humidor, you know, those times mm -hmm. that people think, again, very few times this actually happens, but some people think since it's a girl, they, they don't smoke cigars, you know, and it's a very unfortunate bias to have because, yeah. you know, I know some girls, for instance, that know more than me in cigars, you know what I mean? Then, you know, I know more than some people at least about cigars and I'm so young, so... There's been a couple of times where people just don't want to deal with me because of my age, but I think for the most part, the clientele that we get at Twins are very open-minded, so it's not very often. Have you ever had that problem up here, recommending cigars to people? Well, yes, because I feel like 
the common way that people start an interaction with you when they're new to the lounge. <laughs> you know, they come up, they say, oh, how does it work? Because they're cutting people, blah, blah, blah. Um, you get them set up and then they go, do you smoke cigars? Like, can you recommend something for me? And and usually, like, in your head, you're kind of like, like, yeah, like, of course I smoke cigars. But then you're kind of not realizing that there are situations that they've probably been in where, um, you know, they've maybe gone to a cigar bar and... Um, I guess, like, depending on the place, sometimes it is more about, like, it just being a bar, you know, you're upstairs, you're serving liquor, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I think that that's something going back to kind of Kurt and, like, what he wants for here, where he wants everyone working here to kind of have some degree of knowledge, um, or even just, like, transparency on, like, what they enjoy and what their expertise is, but I do think that the more common connotation is that they come up and um you know i there's even been nights where i've i've worked with pat and um this is even going back to when before pat really even got into um fully immersed in the industry and you know it would be like you know me or like one of the other girls working as like the lead bartender on the shift and they would kind of just like look past you and go right to pat and say hey can i get a cigar <laughs> <laughs> and you're like all right i guess i'm chopped liver but um but yeah i definitely do think that's kind of a common um assumption but I do notice that a lot of the people that come here are uh, more open-minded and comfortable to the point where they will ask you straight up. They'll just say, hey, do you smoke cigars? And then you say, yeah, this is what I normally smoke. Or you say, yep, I do. What do you smoke? And um, that kind of allows them to get into that conversation and that dialogue with you. And it's kind of just figuring out from there where to go. You know, if, if their palate is more what i deem pat's taste i'll say mm -hmm. yeah like that's not completely my palette but i'm gonna have pat recommend something or if it is my palette or it's something i have expertise in then i will guide them in the right direction mm -hmm. so i think people that come in here pretty quickly find out that it's very much an expectation to the staff to have knowledge in what we're selling so yeah I i'd say it's very scarcely <clears throat> that someone has such a weird kind of profile that they suggest to someone that works here that we can't get them on whether it's upstairs or downstairs because yeah. again everything that's upstairs is selected to be up here because it's either a really you know popular cigar or it's a higher end cigar and it's going to be something that's you know well pairing with what we serve up here so you know it's not just random stuff we have up here either so right you know right. All, the, all the girls up here are very capable of making a drink and then having some you know like strains in the humidor to where they can suggest something up there too it's very much an expectation that you're able to do that it's not just you know we have cigars up here downstairs is closed you can pick something out like it's it's both ways upstairs or downstairs you can get on a good cigar yeah mm -hmm. um now that we're kind of through the first third of the cigar and we're in the that center part and it's all opened up now what what are you guys getting has it changed at all you're getting the same kind of flavor notes how are you liking it with the irish coffee i feel like the with the coffee the the pepper is definitely toned down a lot mm -hmm. um i'm definitely getting mostly like a earthy cedary creamy still um maybe even a pinch of baking spice but um you know that's what i'm getting kind of a, a fascinating pairing to me because um, I will say like just normally my personal preference you know whatever like I'm not gonna 
overplay it. I like my white chocolate mocha. I like my flavored <laughs> coffee. I like no. my 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 pumpkin cream cold brew stuff. It's very rare that I'll cold I will so good unless it's summertime. It's very rare that I will just like drink a black coffee. Right. Um, normally, if I do, it's iced. Um, and so it's kind of interesting with this pairing because um, you know you think of Jameson and. Um, it's, you know, it's a standard for most people and it is, it's not necessarily a harsh whiskey, but it still has like a little bit of bite to it. Yep. Um, when you put it in this pairing, um, the cigar feels very subdued and mm -hmm. I didn't really expect to love this pairing just based on the fact that I have, of how I normally enjoy my coffee. Um, but I'm finding that, um, the spice from the whiskey even though when I first took a sip out of this cup, I mm -hmm. didn't really taste any liquor at all. It didn't really have that. It just tasted like a black strong coffee, black coffee. Yeah. Um, but the cigar is actually like bringing out some of the sweetness from the whiskey. And it's mm. making this pairing um, feel very mild. So mm -hmm. I would still say it's like an early morning pairing. You know, it kind of wakes you up a little bit, but it doesn't have a lot of like pepper. So in a way it's creating like that mild creaminess. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that the bitterness from the coffee, when you take away the aspect of like cream, sugar, and you only take that natural sweetness from the oak and the whiskey and mm -hmm. you put it with the cigar, um, which has that like mild, mild white pepper, it's actually making for a very complimentary and mild pairing mm. which i didn't expect again judging a book off of its cover you look at this and you think okay dark coffee dark cigar um in the past i think like the the el guaguense that i'd smoked before mm -hmm. did have like a little bit more kick to it maybe mm -hmm. we were drinking a bourbon with it too so that brought out more of that spice sure yeah but this pairing is um it's very subdued and it's enjoyable. It's yeah. not. It's not like subdued in the sense where anything's getting canceled out. If anything, it's just bringing out more subtle notes. It's bringing out, like Dave said, that it's subtle. Bringing out more the the, the creaminess and the, the creaminess and the yeah. cedar in the cigar. Yeah, I'm still getting that white pepper, but yes. it's not near as intense no. as it was at the beginning. And you know, I I think, you know, part of it too is you know. You, you not only have the spice of the Jameson in there that's kind of probably toning down some of the spice of the cigar at this point, mm -hmm. but that coffee and the San Andreas, which has those coffee notes, just it it goes real there. The flavors really complement each other. Mm -hmm. What about you, Pat? What are your thoughts on the pairing so far? So I can really echo what everyone said. What I'll add to it is that the cigar is definitely bringing out the Jameson in the coffee. Mm hmm. And I'm just wondering, do we have the capacity yet of opening this up to the lounge, or have anyone that's tried the cigar? Dave? Um, oh, in my lounge? Uh, yes, before, I, before uh, earlier today. No, <laughs> I mean, like, to the people here. Like, if anyone got the cigar downstairs? I, I don't know if anybody did. I was a little busy setting up. Do you guys want to put a headset on and give your notes on what you experienced? No? What did you think of it? A little too strong for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's... A, it, it's yeah, you, don't think it's, you don't yeah. think it's going to be a really strong cigar. It, it is. Yeah. Yep. Started smooth, but then it 
Yeah, yeah, it, it has a lot of spice in it on its own. And when you get down to the midway point, that starts to subside a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but the front, the front is uh, uh, much more spicy. That's true. That's why, like, I feel like the, what you're drinking with it really makes a difference. Because, like, I, I feel like I would not have this cigar with, like, a high-proof bourbon or something like that. Mm-hmm. I would have this cigar, you know, with a coffee. I would have the cigar maybe with, like, a stouter porter that's um, a little more bitter. Like, some, like, I almost feel like if you drank something sweet with this, it would make the cigar feel like a pepper bomb. Mm-hmm. But if you're having it with something that's a little bit more bitter and strong, it really just... Yeah, it tames it a lot. Because this, yeah. this is in like a good a mild, way. Yeah. In a good way, too. Like, this is like a mild cigar to me right now. Yes. It's... Did not expect this to be a mild cigar at all. Mild in flavor. Mild, right? Yeah, mild. Yeah. Right? I mean, because, you know, as far as strength goes... I'm feeling quite relaxed. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, you know, this is, you know, th- there is a lot more oomph to this cigar than than it appears. You know, an, another uh, uh, cigar along that line that that has the same kind of effect on some people is the the pissed um, off cigar, <laughs> mm-hmm. the pissed off Christoph. You know, you you smoke it and you're like, this is this is the, isn't that strong? It's kind of smooth and creamy and and uh, maybe medium bodied. I mean, what's what's this whole thing about? Why is it called the pistol? And then you stand up, and then you realize you have to sit back down. You know, and so you know it's it's you know another example of just just because the cigar's flavors aren't kicking you all over the place, that doesn't mean the cigar has no power to it. You know? That's true. This is probably a good time to mention it. <clears throat> it's kind of like that formatting we talked about earlier mm-hmm. in the week to kind of incorporate the lounge into the <clears throat> podcast. So going forward, we're planning on having the cigar and the pairings planned ahead of time throughout the week. So it's going to be posted up. So if anyone wants to actually enjoy the pairing with us live, then that's going to be an option to you guys. And then if you guys wanted to hop on the show, we're going to have like a separate mic kind of set up. You guys can kind of spend a few moments kind of giving your notes on it, uh, calling us out if we're just lying to everyone or whatever, you know. (laughs) So if you guys want to contribute to the show and kind of give the consumer feedback on the pairing and everything... That's going to be an option yeah. to people. Sean, is there anything you want to say? You want to you want to give your notes on the show? It's free, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No parole no. getting charged after. No. Okay. <laughs> He's had enough. Bring the tab, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so, kind of along the lines with with our discussion tonight, my cigar confession is. You know, just just how really important it is to trust your tobacconist Mm -hmm. and to, you know, you know, here at Twins, we really do, you know, work hard to to know our stuff. And we're not just reading, you know, what's in the cigar magazines we're getting today. We had we had training on on the Aladino line of cigars. We had the uh, area rep come in and talk to us for an hour about the the story behind Aladino, where it came from, how the cigars are made, what tobacco is used, where it's grown, Mm -hmm. uh, all of, all of that stuff. And uh, Edgar is actually going to be on the show next week with us. Uh, We're going to be smoking some Aladino cigars on the show. So it's going to be, it's going to be nice. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's yeah. my favorite. 
It really? What's yes. what's your favorite Aladino cigar? Um, the vintage series. The right vintage now. The, series. Yeah. The Lancero. I'm yeah. The Lancero. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's like when I go downstairs and I'm not really trying to try anything new. Mm-hmm. I just want old, reliable, like my my favorite, hands yep. down. Just that the is amazing the cigar. It's very very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know so. And, and yet, at the same time, I know it's it's kind of frustrating that not every place is like that. You know, I, I've been at shops where, you know, the, the people behind the counter not only didn't know their stuff, but they didn't smoke cigars. They, you know, maybe they were a cigarette smoker, uh, but they were there really to just mind the store, mm-hmm. you know. And, and as nice as those people sometimes are, you know, the, the where the shops I frequented, the um, people were always very nice. They couldn't be very helpful because they just didn't know the stuff. And, you know, I, I think so many cigar shops are kind of run like a living room where you can go and smoke a cigar. But there's no real thought given to educating people. There's no real thought on you know what cigars to bring in or how to pair things or you know and and so you know i i feel bad when people don't have a place like twins to go to Mm -hmm. you know and um you know i it's again i i know i said at the beginning of the show but it's it's true i mean i'm kind of spoiled the the three places i've worked a little taste of cuba and then uh um Two guys smoke shop and now here at twins uh which i think is the best um i keep moving up um you know this is they've all been shops though that really cared about educating uh their staff so that they could educate their consumers mm-hmm. and i think when you are able to do that and you're able to educate the people who are coming into the store those people get the best experience and you know the reason you smoke a cigar is to enjoy yourself or enjoy time with friends or to relax or to de-stress or you know to to celebrate some some moment or something in your life and you know if you're not getting the right cigar to go with that experience you're not you're missing out mm-hmm. and and so you know to me you know i think the you know my mantra is i i don't i'm in the cigar business but what i'm really selling is time Mm -hmm. i'm i'm helping people make memories you know and take time to stop and to de-stress and to relax with friends and family and so that they can live better lives i mean that that's really what we're about and when you have that mindset, it's a whole different ball game when somebody walks into the shop. I mean, when anyone walks into a cigar shop, doesn't matter what cigar shop it is, they're looking for a cigar. You, you know what I mean? It's not like you're, you're, you know, going into the mall and you go into, the, you know, the shoe store and you, you, you might just be browsing around or you go into Kohl's or something and you kind of just walk all the way around the store and nobody in whatever department knows what you may be shopping for that's how i feel when i'm at like uh bj's you know i'm just ooh, window shopping oh that's a nice tv you know uh, but when you walk into a cigar shop you're you're looking for a cigar you're looking to get something there so it's it's not this real 
heavy, you know, sales kind of thing. You know, people are there for what you have and, and they want what you have. You don't have to convince them of it. It's, it is much more of like Pat was saying earlier, listening to them, what, and finding out what their palate is, what their uh, likes are, what their desire is, what kind of experience they're looking for and helping them find the cigar that best fits that. It's really <clears throat> like the differentiation between like, um, like a cigar shop versus like a cigar shop that has like a bar and or a lounge comes in because I feel like having either like that space for people to smoke or even having a bar, like any, any level of that, that's what creates that sense of community and that sense of, um, camaraderie and like communication where you're mm -hmm. able to really like sit down and just i don't know just elaborate on like any thoughts that you're having versus like you know you go to like maybe a gas station or a cigar shop and you're just there and you're picking it up as a thing of convenience and it's a sale and it's transactional um so i i think like just from like visiting different shops that's kind of like something i've noticed like that difference between like shops that have like a smoking area and have a mm -hmm. lounge or they have a bar um versus places that just sell cigars yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. i'm going to intervene for one moment one, one moment but only because we just mentioned edgar and he's going to be on the show and everything so i just wanted to like let the lounge know and then whoever's watching that on the 28th we're doing an aladino halloween party mm -hmm. and we're open for another 10 minutes downstairs if you guys are interested in getting a ticket to go now it's 50 dollars we hand selected four Aladino cigars with Edgar to pair for the event. There's going to be Dan can elaborate more on it on the mm -hmm. details, but there's going to be um, a pumpkin beer and then Rabbit Hole sponsoring it too. So the ticket's going to get you the four cigars that you can walk out with tonight. And the uh, Croho Reserve number four is the cigar that we chose to pair with the pumpkin beer. So. Edgar's going to be there too, and we talk about Trust Your Tobacconist. I have learned so much from Edgar. So, any event that has Edgar involved in it, like all four of those cigars, and then the other Aladino lineup that's there, you're going to learn so much about it. And Aladino oh, yeah. is such a rich, historic brand. It's out yeah. of the Hamastron Valley in Honduras. So, we're open downstairs under 10 minutes. If you guys are interested in getting tickets for that, it's going to be a really, really good event. I know we're going to be decorating the lounge and the downstairs mm -hmm. it's going to be and the people yeah, yeah and, and, and the people. people i can't wait to see that it's going to yeah, be yeah at least behind the bar is going to be humidor yep at least behind the bar does like professional makeup so it's going to be everyone's going to be kind of dressed up for that so mm -hmm. it's going to be a really good time mm -hmm. that girl needs a tip jar she does mm -hmm. really good a really <laughs> good job with yeah makeup. yeah i'm excited about that yep. she's she's going to be making me into a werewolf <laughs> so to paraphrase all that you could say, we're not just blowing smoke. Mm -hmm. But to answer the original question, though, um, I think a, a pet peeve is definitely when a consumer is not willing to listen to their tobacconist, but also, like, I think that a lot of that starts off on square one, that the tobacconist should be fortunate to have a consumer that's willing to listen to them, and I think that that takes a lot of trust, mm -hmm. and it kind of goes to uh, Nick Perdermo saying that you know, you can have a consumer for a thousand times, but it just takes one time to lose that yep. person. I think that's very true for a tobacconist, whether it's a tobacconist at Twins or a tobacconist at any other B&M or a wholesaler that, you know, when you have someone's trust and then that one time you kind of break that trust, it's very detrimental. So I think it kind of works both ways that you should be open and listen to the tobacconist if they have the knowledge to back up what they're saying, but also the tobacconist should 
not take that for granted and make sure that every engagement they have with a consumer is going to be memorable, fortunate, and catered to their personal experience. So, Well, we've gone a little bit long in this segment. I can't even believe it. Um, I can't. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, what's our final thoughts here on the uh, cigar? I think it, the natural, after smoking it, it's the first time I've had the natural, definitely is stronger than the Maduro, which in mm -hmm. the traditional lineup the maduro is stronger than the natural so again it speaks to whatever fillers are in the cigar that kind of makes it that strong fuller body experience so but de it definitely the, the core line is is really good on its own mm -hmm. but this definitely amps it up and it to me like that kind of espresso note i think is a lot mm -hmm. more pronounced on this one than the other line and it's also like pairing it with the Irish coffee or the Jameson. It has enough of that strength and body in the cigar that it kind of can go into the drink and pull out those whiskey flavor profiles over that like Gog Espresso. Right. Which again is phenomenal. So. Mm. Yeah. I would agree with that. Honestly, I think I would put this into. Um, my queue of pairings that I would start my day with. And I know not everyone really? is a fan of starting your day with um, some kind of liquored up coffee, but I really don't <laughs> feel like this is that. I feel like um, this, <laughs> this pairing honestly has a lot of energy behind it. Um, mm. Like I said, it's, it's not going to put that like that anxious taste in your mouth where you like have the cigar and the coffee and you're like, wow. And you're like on edge for the whole day. Um, it's, it's actually, um, like everything dials in really nicely again. Um, I think that like maybe like the Jameson kind of takes the edge off of the pairing, but the pairing itself, um, still has a lot of that like flavor and that strength, but it's, it's nothing that's going to really like ruin your palate for the day. It's right. nothing that's going to like, throw you off um i think it's just a really well-rounded pairing and it's um it's enjoyable at the end of the day that's what it comes down to you want to start your day with something that's enjoyable that gives you like the extra little boost of energy that you need um and i'm speaking to you also to that as a student you know i could see myself having this pairing you know at, like before a day of studying before a day we're going to be sitting down at your computer and really having like crank stuff out <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, Basically, if you want to wake up and run through a friggin' wall, this is the path. <laughs> <laughs> but not in a bad way, though. Yeah. Not in the, like, oh, I'm so on edge way. More so in that that sense of, like, I'm focused, I'm ready to go. Yeah, attack the day. Attack the day, yes. Yep. Dave, do you have anything you want to add to that? Nope, that pretty much said it for me. All yeah, right. I pretty much agree. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be switching over to pipes and doing Gawith Hogarth's Best Brown Number 2 Flake. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, we're back. Thanks for hanging in there. Uh, and now we are doing this. We are doing this bulk tobacco from Gawith Hogarth, uh, Best Brown Number 2 Flake. And um, when you go to the uh, website, um, tobaccoreviews.com or to uh, DC, who is actually the distributor of this, it says that um, it sold out. <clears throat> Got with Hogarth's uh, <laughs> Best Brown Flake Number Two is a medium strength flake tobacco blended from the finest Virginias and Burleys. Mm. It's manufactured by Gawith Hogarth, which has been around for a very, very long time. The company was uh, uh, formally put together in the 1800s, but it's 
roots go all the way back to 1792. And the flakes in this tobacco are quite big. Um, there you go right there. It's like a good six inches long for that uh, flake said. there. <laughs> and uh, tonight we are pairing with this the 724 Lounge Barrel Select of High West. Um, Bree, are you able to talk a little bit about that particular Hell, bourbon? I can talk about it. You Dan. can talk about it. Oh, well, Bree can probably hop in. Yeah, you go first. It's um, High West American Prairie Bourbon, but the uniqueness about this one that's exclusive to the lounge is this one's finished in Copper and King's brandy casks, so it gives it like a very unique sweetness. Mm-hmm. It's very, very good, yeah. and I thought it would go great with this uh, tobacco here. There is a kind of a light, sweet casing that they put in into the flake as it's being pressed. Um but it's it's not so much a at least they don't tell you like it's a flavor they just said you know like a sweet casing do, do you it. wish that so, they would tell you more about toppings i do i do wish they would i understand why they don't i understand that you know you know, you want to protect stuff and um sometimes i i would i would gather if um you know you you knew what it was you you might freak out <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but um, it's very, very good. Um, this tobacco is very, I think, Virginia forward. It's got that nice um, stewed fruit kind of sweetness. There's some hay notes in there, too. Um, this real nice finish sweetness, though, to the tobacco is very, very good. What are you picking up there, Bree, as you're lighting up? Um, it's kind of funny. You were like narrating my entire experience lighting this <laughs> this pipe <laughs> tobacco up. Um, I am getting like a lot of that mesquite flavor that I like. Mm -hmm. I I definitely love like the smokier pipe tobaccos, mm -hmm. but the burly. I can also see that like sweetness behind it. The burly in here gives it some nuttiness, a little bit of earthiness, mm -hmm. some almost like a cocoa kind of sweetness to it. I'm getting Not like a weird like like um tart apricot mm -hmm. on like the front end of the palate like a citrus yeah yeah that may be a little sign of the the toppings they put on there i'm not sure mm. what about you dave what are you picking up um i'm getting a little bit of a, a little bit of a citrus zing like an like an orange peel um some rich you know dried fruit uh and then the um little <clears throat> earth and leather probably from like the burley mm -hmm. um and it's it's also very creamy on the palate, um, and the the aroma is awesome. Just, yeah, the room note of this tobacco amazing. is amazing. Yeah, if you're looking for a tobacco that gives you some mm. really good deep, you know, uh, solid tobacco flavor, but everybody in the room is going to really appreciate as well. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely one of those things. I think the the, the coolest thing whenever we whenever we smoke. You know, uh, Gallus and Hogarth product. I get excited because the uh, the amount of care that they've been putting into making it, you know, is getting close to 300 years. Mm -hmm. You know, and they've been the only thing that's changed with their when they press the tobacco. The only thing that's changed with their machines since 1790 that it said on the website was they switched from coal to gas. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. So the same machine, same everything. It's just, you know, they're uh they're a little bit more green in <laughs> like how they how they do it. And it's oh just gosh. like crazy, you know. What about you, Pat? What are you thinking? So I'm getting like that citrusy note to me is kinda of like a lemon citrus. And I'm getting like that. <laughs> So we've had apricot, we've had orange. And we've had lemon. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly but, um, citrus. But a very complex citrus. I love mm. that. Mm-hmm. But um, and then I'm getting that nuttiness. But the sweetness I'm getting to me is like it reminds me of, like, do you know like in the holidays like those little, if you like those, I'm trying to think of how to explain it. Like we're we gonna talk those, about some weird ab- no. your candy like now. Me. No, I think <laughs> I, I, I think everyone's gonna get what I'm saying when I can figure out how to say it. Do you like those like gift boxes you can send people that have like the different they have like the the sausages the cheese the nuts yes. the chocolate <laughs> yeah do you know like sometimes they have like those cashews that have like that kind of like sugary coating on them yeah mm-hmm. yeah like that's roasted? like that's what it is it's like that <clears throat> sugar coated like, cashew like yeah like a sugar coated roasted cashew that's the kind of sweetness i'm getting out of it mm. i can see that you can see that brain can you see it or can you taste it I can taste it. Well, it's interesting because, like, I don't have cashews know, in my hand. When you get, when you like, um, like really get the smoke just on the tip of your tongue, like that's like all you get. It's like that, like that, like light citrus tart, like sweetness. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you get like the pipe tobacco underneath it, but it's coated like so heavily with that like extra like bit of flavor. Mm-hmm. I concur. I have to tell you, I'm liking this pairing. Yeah, I was going to mention. I haven't even touched the pairing. I was going to mention, too. I didn't know if it was going to be, like, early on with the pairing, but I think it's, like, very close to a perfect pairing. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a little bit of heat to the high west that takes away from the pipe tobacco, but Mm -hmm. if you take a sip from the bourbon, Mm -hmm. you let it sit for, like, 15, 20 seconds so that heat kind of resolves a little bit, it's, like, a Mm -hmm. perfect complementary pairing to me. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, I um, thought I thought about having it served with you know a ball of ice. No, but don't that, do that to this high west. This, I will this say high I west, firm you know, you, you kind of want it this way. So yes. I think doing what Pat said, taking a sip, letting it sit for a little bit, and then going, oh my gosh, the flavors just really are perfect together. Yeah, this high west, um, in my experience with like selling it behind the bar, I I will say I never recommend it this particular um spirit with ice i Mm -hmm. feel like the ice really like takes away a lot of that like subdued sweetness um like this bourbon in general doesn't have a ton of bite behind it so i really don't feel like i don't really feel like it needs anything like i mean maybe if you want to subdue it a little like a drop of water but anything more than that i think really takes away from this spirit but Mm. um with that said um having a spirit like that with a pipe tobacco where you get a little bit of that spice, but there's also so many complex notes. I think it really opens up what else is in that pipe tobacco as well as what's in the bourbon. Mm. Plus the interesting thing too with the High West that when we were like sampling the different barrels, like we actually found that the ice intensified like that strength and like the bite mm-hmm. of the bourbon for whatever reason. Yep. Mm. Yep. Yep. I it's think like that... sometimes that happens because it brings out more of that oak note and completely strips all of the additional flavor that you get from the bourbon yeah i mean it's what, what's the proof is it like 96 or it's, it's over 100 I, no i think it's like 
lower. I think it is 96. Because um, I know, like, there is some heat to it, but I think, like, that really thick malty kind of sweetness to mm -hmm. it from the Copper and King's cask kind of combats that heat. So I think yeah. when you put ice inside of it, it kind of dilutes dilutes that sweetness, and it kind of brings more of that bite out that's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the... Uh, um the these kind of sit complex citrusy notes that we're picking up in the tobacco play so well with the sweetness in the mm -hmm. bourbon which then kind of brings out more sweetness in the tobacco mm -hmm. and brings out um <clears throat> you know a lot of those nutty kind of cashew flavors that you were talking about um pat uh, and so it's it's bringing forward things that are there, but you get to experience them more through the through the pairing, and I, I'm I'm just really amazed at how how this is going together. Woo. Even just are, like are you going to die, rainbow. Dave? Yes. Smoking the <laughs> smoking the glass really makes this sweet, like it is bursting with uh, it is bursting with sweetness right now. The drink. It's unbelievable. That's kind of similar to the experience of if you just, like, you know, you smoke the pipe tobacco a little bit and you stop puffing on it, but you're, you know, you're around people that are smoking it. Mm -hmm. Even just getting the room note of the smoke and sipping it with this bourbon, it, it it's still bringing out that, like, citrus, mm -hmm. interestingly enough. It's, um... Ooh. I don't know. It's interesting. That's why, like, when I, when I was working the bar... Like I really my, let the smoke sit for a minute, too. Like, whatever I would suggest for 724 to pair the cigar was always a new High West barrel, just because, like, I don't think I've found a cigar yet that it doesn't pair with. Yep. It's very compatible with almost every cigar. Honestly, maybe, like, a very mild Connecticut might have a problem with it, because there was a little bit of heat to it, but mm -hmm. a lot of your, like, medium-bodied cigars and above, which is where most, I think, people kind of sit, would go well with this. Mm -hmm. What do you yeah. think, Dan? It's very good. It really does bring out the sweetness in the bourbon when you smoke the glass. Um, it's and some of those nutty notes from the tobacco, I think, get into the bourbon as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that is bringing out the sweetness is those you know those those nutty flavors tend to have a little bit of sweetness to them. I feel like I'm getting a lot more. Oh, that apricot on the uh, on the tip of my tongue with it too. Mm -hmm. It's a very easy tobacco to smoke. It's very enjoyable. Um, there's lots of flavor, um, kind of, and kind of like with the uh, um, the mocha mocha raton <coughs> that we had. You know, th there's some there's some power to this tobacco as far as the you know vitamin N goes. But it's a very medium-bodied blend, so there's, you know, it, it, it's something that you could smoke, you know, any time of day. I think it would be a great first thing that you had. It would be a great last thing that you had. And um, I think it could go with a lot of different things, too. But, there's, you know, this, again, one of the great things about Twins and the Labs, we have, like, nine different barrel selects, and... You know, it's great to be able to have those choices where you get variants of popular spirits that you just can't get anywhere else. And to find something that's so enjoyable, like the, the uh, High West Prairie 
um, barrel select is just a treat. It's it is honestly it's my favorite barrel select we have here at Twins from the bourbons anyway. Um, I almost always am the if I'm up here like wondering what to get, that's probably what it's going to be. It's really good stuff. Mm. You know, one of the things we talked about at the front half of the show that um, I said I wanted to talk about a little bit later was <clears throat> the internet and a lot of the misinformation and stuff that's out there, um, which again goes to the importance of being able to find a trustworthy tobacconist, you know, or a source of information about what you're getting, whether it's cigars or pipes. And, you know, I, one of the growing areas of, of um, uh, interest for cigars is now happening on, like, TikTok, for instance. Mm-hmm. I still can't get into TikTok. My wife, you know, she sends me stuff from TikTok. Um, my girls are on it all the time. They're constantly, you know, looking at things, finding things, laughing at things. And they find stuff that I think is really funny and stuff. You know, I know there's stuff on there that's good. But when I started, I started looking with uh, a friend of mine about cigar-related stuff, I was horrified at some of the things that were shown on there. You know, here's how you cut a cigar. And the guy takes his cigar and he takes his cutter and literally like lobbed off an inch, an inch of the cigar. And he holds it up. That's how you cut your cigar. And it was just like, this is horrible. I audibly gasped when I saw it. It was, you know, the the amount of misinformation on there. And then how to light a cigar. You watch this guy completely you know it's like you're watching a rocket take off and and the back of the cigar is like a blast wall and you see flames going everywhere it's it's they these people have no idea what they're doing and yet they have hundreds thousands of of views or whatever on these videos and it it freaks me out you know at, at how much bad information there is on there have you guys seen this yeah. On the internet, too? I almost feel like it's, like, it's positive and negative. It's, I mean, it's negative because it is what it is. Like, that's, there's probably plenty of people now that are destroying cigars. But um, I guess it also, like, it works for us, you know, or it works for any, like, knowledgeable, like, retailer, tobacconist, enthusiast, because, you know, we're, we're able to even, like, take more seriously our role of properly educating people mm-hmm. on, you know, what they're doing with cigars you know it's just it's a matter of you know there's always going to be like someone out there that's doing it wrong there's always going to be someone out there that has um you know an opinion or something that isn't necessarily like the best but all that means is that it just gives us more leverage to intervene and step up and say this is the proper way to do things Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. have you ever had to correct somebody's misrepresentation up here at the bar yeah i mean and i think i think sean our our manager can attest to this um but you know we've had people where they come in and they're like you know like i i i just like got another one of the same cigar and like you know they replaced it for me but the thing is still like it's not burning right like it's falling apart 
and then we're looking at it and we're like well that's because it was cut wrong and um you know there's definitely like people that will insist that like no 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 no, like i i swear i cut it right i'm doing everything right and it's still not smoking and um it's kind of like our job to intervene and you know say here you know here's a new one this is how you cut it um if if something's going wrong after that then yes it's it's an issue on our end it's an issue with the product it's mm-hmm. it's an issue with the cigar itself and the construction um but it, i think it's really important for them to feel like you know we're not cheating them because a lot of people will come up here with that notion that oh they sold me a crap cigar like mm-hmm. i'm i'm getting ripped off and um you know for the most part it, it goes well and people understand and they see, oh, okay, that was the error in my way or that was the error of the cigar and now I know. Um, but, you know, you, you still do worry about those situations where they're they're going to turn it on you and yeah. say, oh, you guys sold me a crap cigar. I've had the same thing happen with pipes too. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had, a, I remember a customer came in and showed me a pipe and it had this hole in the, in the middle of the, the front of the pipe I'm like oh that's that's horrible you know and, and we'd replace the pipe two weeks later that customer would come back there's a hole again in the same spot on the pipe and now i'm starting to get suspicious are you doing it are you using a soft flame are you using your light no no i'm doing everything you told me to do okay we're gonna one more time they get a third pipe they bring it back two weeks later. It has a hole in the same place. There is no way on God's green <laughs> earth that three different pipes have the same weakness in the same area. You know, you can't tell me it's not you. And then come to find out they are. They're using a torch and they're throwing it down there. When the bowl is almost empty, they're trying to get every... And they're, they're lighting the bowl of the pipe thinking that they're smoking tobacco when what they're smoking is briar (laughs) because there's nothing in there and they burn it out it's like you know and and they swear to me they're not doing anything wrong like that's the only brand of pipe that this ever happens to but you know it it is it's it's this they don't trust you know the you know the recommendation that you you know you don't want to use a torch on your pipe do not use a toy. <laughs> <clears throat> so we're getting near the end of the show here. What's the what's the uh, verdict here on the um, go with Hogarth best brown number two? I love how I love how rich it is. I love the the tangle between um, the the pairing um, the drink brings out like that apricotiness but it doesn't like really take away from anything else um the the tobacco um keeps the doesn't really affect the drink that much at all you're still being able to enjoy both for what they are but they're complementing each other very well uh this is definitely my favorite pairing of the night absolutely great um, so between the two pairings, like I, I mean, I'm gonna say like they, they, you really, it's like apples to oranges. Like mm. the, the, the first pairing is a completely different animal. It's, yep. you know, start your day with that. Um, this pairing is very versatile. Mm. You know, I feel like it's something you can enjoy at any point in time. Um, 
it's kind of interesting because at first it started um, where the bourbon and the pipe tobacco weren't necessarily like canceling each other out in any way. Um, you get to that midpoint and you get that building of spice and for a minute you're kind of like oh okay now the bourbon is toning down like the spice and the tobacco mm -hmm. but that's like a very very brief moment and now it's mellowed out to the point where the pipe tobacco and the bourbon are just playing off each other so nicely you know you're really getting that sweetness um you're really getting that like array of complex flavors it's alternating um between that initial um first hit on the tip of your tongue with that that citrus sweetness we were talking about and um, progressing through the mesquite and then eventually like mellowing out to something that's just like slightly spicy, sweet and smooth at the same time. Mm. So every, you know, it's, it's one of those pairings where you can easily like puff, sip, puff, sip. Mm -hmm. Just and, get lost in it. Yeah. It's yeah. not like you need to like sip, sip, puff or puff, puff, <laughs> sip. It's, it's very like even. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What were your thoughts, Pat? <clears throat> I enjoyed it. I think that the High West definitely brought out a lot of notes. Um, yeah, it had like that unique kind of toasted cashew sweet kind of flavor profile to it. I also enjoy that it's a Galath Hogoff. You can actually like it. It's not too moist out of the tin, so mm. I enjoyed it. <clears throat> yeah, oh. no relight issues, that's for sure. No, this was, this was a great pairing. I loved it. Uh, totally right. It's really... You know, there's there's stuff from God with Hogarth that I like more than others, but I like everything they make that we that we have so far. They make a lot of stuff. There's no way we could carry it all, but um, you know, I'm glad to say, try. you know, we have we have a very very solid selection of their stuff downstairs. And all very very glad for that. Um, next week on Not Just Blown Smoke, we're going to have Edgar from Aladino on the show with us. It's going to be kind of a preview of this big Halloween party that we've been talking about uh, that's going to happen on the 28th. Uh, we're going to have a couple of Aladino cigars on the show. It's going to be an all-cigar show. We're going to enjoy the um, uh, Aladino Cameroon Queens, which is a little short perfecto that just came out this summer. And we're going to also have the Corojo Reserva Number no. 4, which is uh, one of my favorite cigars of theirs. And both of those are going to feature pairings that are going to be available at the party up at the lounge, which is going to happen from 7 to 11 on the 28th. Um, I'm so looking forward to that party. It's going to be it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope you're here with us next week. And thanks for being with us tonight. And until next Tuesday, my friends. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at notjustblowingsmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down smoke.